Check the transmission generators. A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Faking Star Wars Radio. Yup. Set your dials for a new edition of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. Well, the summer heat is here, but we are sweating it out nice and cool in our makeshift recording studio in our offices in Topeka, Kansas, sipping on some warm vodka with our Russian trolls. We have a great episode in store for you. We'll discuss the classic Star Wars radio drama produced in 1981. This classic property deserves our full attention. We also have a listener mail top ten list, the return of the Real News Rundown with Darth Eckham, a Twitter poll, and the return of Ask Sheev. Your advice has been foreseen. If you'd like to follow me at StormDuper on Twitter, I love to interact with our fans, and you can follow Faking Star Wars at Faking Star Wars. Also, on our Public storefront, there's a sale until Sunday, the 21st of July. Everything is up to 35% off. That's $13 tees, $33 hoodies, $19 phone cases, and much, much more. You can find that store at bit.ly slash FSW merch. That's bit.ly slash FSW merch. Thanks so much for tuning in. With me today is my esteemed co-host, IG69. IG, has your metal been corroding or rusting in this sweltering summer heat? Uh, as always, Stormtrooper. Yes. Well, I would suggest some gold bond powder, especially down there in your robotic nether regions. It can really do the trick. Need more like gold bond oil. <laughs> Great. Well, um, IG, uh, first on the list today is to listen to Darth Eckham's news, real news rundown. So let's take it over to Darth Eckham. He always does such a great job with the news, don't you think? I do. I can't wait. Yeah. You know, uh, this summer, a lot of our co-hosts are running amok across the galaxy. So he may even be on the uh, podcast as a co-host in the future. Here he is. Greetings to all of you on the Iku Monopolis of Coruscant. This is Star Wars Daily Weekend Edition, brought to you this week by Club Kasakar, the corner of 12th and G luxury dwellings on level 1312, and channel StarWars.com, Star Wars news for Star Wars fans by Star Wars fans. Coming at you like a Minoc in a lightning storm, I'm your host, Mike Mann. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. You have been well trained, my young apprentice. They will be no match for you. To start us off, LEGO has announced they will be debuting two new Star Wars LEGO playsets at this year's San Diego Comic-Con. First, Obi-Wan's Hut, which comes with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, R2-D2, and a Tusken Raider minifigs. Also included are a lightsaber, a training remote, and an all-new hologram Princess Leia added for extra detail. And next, Luke Skywalker's X-34 Landspeeder set from the search for the runaway R2-D2. This box of bricks has room for the included Luke Skywalker and C-3PO and a hood that opens and stores the micro-binoculars and a clip to hold Luke's blaster rifle. Also included are a Jawa and a cutaway cave for him to hide in. Both sets will be available starting January 1, 2020 and will retail for $29.99 whoopee whoopee. Next up, Campbell Clark has reported for LRM that new promotional images for the upcoming The Mandalorian series to be aired on Disney Plus has filtered out into the interweb. The three new photos feature two of the Mandalorian clad in his armor and the other 
Well, this photo discloses the assassin droid is not the famed IG-88, but rather a different deadly droid called IG-11. Another notable feature on this shot is a mythosaur skull. Mandalorian society is broken down into clans and houses, and this symbol obviously claims loyalty to the clan Fett. The Mandalorian airs in November on Disney+. Plus. I don't fear you. Then you will die braver than most. And lastly, Marvel has released the first issue of Star Wars Age of Resistance. And to kick it off with Finn, number one. Unlike the Age of Republic and Age of Rebellion series, the Age of Resistance will take us all the way through the rest of 2019. With an unexpected backstory, the creative team of Tom Taylor, Ramon Rosanas, and Phil Notto take us before the time FN 2187 was a stormtrooper for the First Order, and he was fighting a different battle with sanitation. Yes, Finn was a janitor, and we see his evolution from fighting grime to fighting for order. As questionable as this sounds, this is definitely a recommended read and also an amazing piece of artwork. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? <laughs> then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. Before we go, we'd like to wish the Dark Lord of the Sith, David Prowse, a very happy belated 84th birthday. It is pointless to resist. We at Channel Star Wars would also like to mention the Terra Firmer Sector as their United States District celebrates its 243rd year of independence. We would more importantly like to send our galactic thoughts to the citizens of their California sector after suffering a major earthquake. We hope all are well. Hello there. General Kenobi. That's all the time we have this week. Make sure you follow us, like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for daily news, facts, and information. For Channel Star Wars, I'm Mike Mann reminding you... It's treason, then. And now, back to the guys over at Faking Star Wars Radio. All right, well, that was the news with Darth Eckham, uh, Mike Mann from Channel Star Wars. As always, we'd like to thank him. The check is in the mail. If you want to follow him on Twitter, his handle is... At from the monkey. So go ahead and give him a follow and a like on Twitter. Well, a lot to talk about there, IG. You would think uh, it would be a fairly dull week in Star Wars news, but actually it isn't. There's uh, quite a lot of interesting stuff. What did you think? Well, um, I was very excited about uh, the Lego sets there. I mean, those sound like they're infinitely viable. Oh, do not get me started. You're going to trigger me, IG. I mean, I'm all for people building stuff, but... How is Disney going to approve a Lego Obi-Wan hovel set while at the same time depriving us of an actual Obi-Wan movie? I mean, they've been dangling this carrot in front of us for years now, and I am just humiliated. I feel like they're just toying with us and trolling us at this it's point. It's for the best, Storm Duper. I mean, we already saw, like, the prequels didn't do a lot for, like, Ben Kenobi, but at least he was one of the better ones from that series. Do you really want to see them expand upon his story? Do, do you want to see him sitting in his hut for 20 years? Like, no. It's no, my. I'm, it's been my dream to watch no. a grizzled uh, hermit of an old man sit in his hovel all by himself for two hours. Yeah, that's... Um, it, it, I, I, don't, I don't want to see anything to do with Ben Kenobi again. Like, um, he, he emerged somewhat... Unscathed. I'm not going to say unscathed, but uncivilized. Most, 
he 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 kind of got out of the prequels with still being at least cool. Hmm. And then um he was of course great in the original, but uh I I don't I don't want to know more. Interesting. Uh, I've learned I've learned to stop asking for things that I re- you know I don't want. So you're you know, saying like, that um, you've, you're basically just a turtle turned over on its shell, gasping, just, and yeah, struggling. Just, no, just, just no. Like you can't. Um, we always like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to know more about like this character? And you're like, no, no, because they're going to make him stupid. So <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't want to see more. Um, you know what? The less I know about characters now, the better off they are. Ignorance like, oh, is bliss, that, as they that say. Ig. Hmm, I'm sure they're going to invent a completely awful backstory for him. I, you know what? It's just going to be like, um, just, just, just no. Yeah, basically, I, I just don't want to hear any. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to hear any more Obi Wan stories because they. I don't trust anyone with actually making them good. Hmm. So ignorance is bliss, I guess, as you would say, huh? Ignorance is sweet, sweet bliss. <laughs> Great. Well, um, another interesting story uh, that Dark Thecum had us uh, provided with was the uh, insight into the Mandalorian and House Fett, along with those leaked photos showing IG-11 uh, on mm-hmm. set. How, how do you feel about that? Uh, I guess your estranged family member finding possibly some newfound success in the television industry. Well, you know, we in the IG family don't like to talk about IG eleven. Um, Is it too you know, painful? Like, there, there was an incident, and uh, anyway, he's not welcome at the at the gatherings anymore. I hope he didn't steal your family picnic recipes for your barbecue sauces. Oh no, 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 nothing about that. Nothing about that. It's it's uh, it's just his behavior was not acceptable. Okay, because that would be unforgivable. Yeah. Oh, oh, every no IG would betray the secrets of the sauce. <laughs> and lastly, uh, you know, the story about uh, the new comic, Finn Number One, Age of Resistance. I, for one, am going to be uh, pounding at the door on uh, the day that that one first comes out. I'll probably buy every I'm... copy they have and instantly put them on eBay for a marked up one hundred percent, thousand percent. Let me uh, let me correct myself, thousand percent increase. So, like, it'll be worth, like, you know, almost a dollar then. Hopefully. I, I'll take anything I can get. I mean, we are really trying to squeeze the last drop of blood from the Lucasfilm stone here. Uh, backstory of a janitor. Wow. Fantastic. I am ready for adventures and sanitation. I, like, I, I want to <laughs> see. I want to know. I want to know, Storm Duper. I want to know how they clean the toilets in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, what kind of plunger did FN2187 uh, have in his tool uh, tool belt, you know, as he's going oh. through the, the uh, um, Starkiller base, plunging, plunging, uh, <laughs> plunging Snoke's uh, bowel movements? <laughs> Is it like a lightsaber plunger? <laughs> like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! And it still can't cut through it. No. Right, right. Oh dear. Uh, yeah, that 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 will be an interesting comic, but I'm not too optimistic. We may have to have a review of the uh, first first issue uh, in a few weeks. But anyway, well, that's the news uh, from the Darth Eckham at Channel Star Wars. We thank him for his contribution. Um, and now uh, it's time for a little review. Uh, IG. This one's a little different. We're not actually reviewing a product, a uh, physical object, but rather it's kind of a game that you can play 
Uh, and this was actually brought to our attention by a little-known Star Wars actor. His uh, first name starts with the letter M, and his last name starts with H. Can you guess who it is, IG? Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is Hamill himself. And he uh, he wrote, I refuse to be distracted by such meaningless, moronic time wasters, especially since my home planet was blown up by an unnamed stormtrooper. Right. Um, I'm not sure what he's referring to there. His home planet was blown up by a stormtrooper. Huh. Any like, idea? Wait. Is this the, is this the, is this the game? Like, no, no, this is just his introduction. I, I mean, he, we haven't even gotten to the game yet, but I don't know what, what is he referring to? Who is the unnamed stormtrooper who blew up his home planet? Like Earth? I don't Cause, know. Because I mean, I haven't noticed it blowing up, or maybe we're all dead, and this is the after. Oh my God, is this the afterlife? I'm not what sure. did I is do he, wrong? Is he making some reference to uh, Luke himself blowing up the Death Star? I'm not really sure. Okay. No. Uh, anyway. And if it's if it's Luke, Tatooine didn't blow up. Ah, uh, you know what it is? Uh, I know what it is. He's actually playing the game. That's right, because this is what it is. Your birth month uh, tells you what happened, uh, and uh, your first letter of your name tells you who did it. So, for Mark Hamill, an unnamed stormtrooper, that coordinates with letter M, uh, is in the month of September is when Hamill was born, so his home planet was blown up by a stormtrooper. Isn't that fun, IG? Uh, yes, yes. So, in my case, Storm Duper, the letter S is Boba Fett, okay? And the month of my birth was May and so I was kissed by Boba Fett. And, I mean, I could have predicted that that's what this would have told me to. So this is just kind of like a more souped-up version of the game um, uh, MASH, if you ever played that when you were a prepubescent robot. Stormtrooper. Yes. I just, I just have to picture that hot <laughs> helmet-on-helmet action right now. It is some hot action. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, we're we're going to release that to our Patreon uh, supporters, actually, um, who who reach at the $1,000 contribution level. So Yeah. I think a T-shirt needs to be made of of the uh, the, the FET helmet with uh, the Stormtrooper helmet in a tender. There was lots of tongue. <laughs> so for How? you, IG, I mean, I guess your first name is I, starts with I. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. That gives us Lando. Okay. Mm. Oh, was I kissed by Lando? Well, what month were you born in, IG? February. February. Ah, I'm sorry to say you were frozen in carbonite by Lando. Oh, again? Yep, yep. So if you'd like to play this game, I think these are pretty fun. They don't take much time. Uh, and some of the uh, references are pretty cool, you know. Uh, Admiral Akbar is in there, a wampa. So you could be married to a wampa, or you could be secretly in love with Admiral Akbar. Um, we'll we'll retweet this, but uh, it's also on Mark Hamill's Twitter page. So sounds like fun. I like the I mean, fans are taking their time to do something thoughtful and meaningful uh, to the to the you know fandom, co- contributing something that's really riveting and in depth. And, and I just have to ask Lando, like, why the cold shoulder? 
Well, it's been a busy week for Willie Bobo, our resident Duel the Fakes writer. So today we have a special segment with an even more special guest in the studio. With me now, we have none other than the Dark Lord of the Sith himself, Emperor Sheev Palpatine! How's it going, Sheev? As always, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. Well, aside from ruling the galaxy with terror and fear, we also know you fancy yourself an advice columnist. And we have some people out there with some major problems. So, Sheev, without further ado, Baking Star Wars presents Ask Sheev. Your advice has been foreseen. Let's get on with it, IG-69. I'm having a cappuccino with a special someone in half an hour. The first message is, Sheev, what's the best way to sharpen my sword? Grease my thing, you know. FYI, it's an elven sword. Pointy and stuff. Thanks, Greywalker. Dear Greywalker, the hate is swelling in you now. Take your weapon and sharpen it using an authentic Bavarian edge knife sharpener, as seen on TV. Accept no imitations. It will give you razor-sharp swords and knives in seconds. Only together can we forge the swords we need to destroy the Jedi. The next letter says, I can't decide between a light reddish violet or silver blue paint for my family room on my new apartment. What should I choose, Sheev? From Aubrey Max at Leia Peach 19. Dear Aubrey, like the kyber crystals that power Sith's lightsaber, blood red is the only color worthy to cover one's dwelling. Apart from a nice, tasteful periwinkle blue, or lavender, of course, a Sith must project his evil intentions outward. Take a page from the book of my worthy apprentice, Supreme Leader Snoke, and paint it red. Dear Sheev, I'm having trouble with a pesky arachnid. I'm doing my best to start a new tech company specializing in holograms to help people around the globe, but this dumb spider keeps showing up and ruining my plans. How should I deal with this nuisance so I can make a big buck and be regarded as a hero? I'm open to anything. In regards, totally not a villain. Dear totally not a villain, your question is out of this universe. Your feeble mind is no match for the power of the Emperor. I suggest quitting your useless job and applying to the Imperial Academy. I hear that there is a vacancy for Supreme Leader and Administrative Assistant. The next one is... Dear Mr. Palpatine, I'm writing you today to let you know about an opportunity to invest in BDR LLC, a high-quality tech firm located in Singapore. Our team of 300 has been in business since 2015, and our board is made up of the most diverse people on the planet. We have never taken no for an answer unless it was to promote a white man. We expect your investment following immediately. Bradley Pooper. 
Dear Mr. Pooper, I am including my resume and cover letter in response to your fiscal offer of investment. I think you will find my credentials more than adequate to collaborate with you in future fiduciary matters. Also, please rest assured that any net loss in revenue from my investment will result in your prompt and total electrocution. You are either growing my credit accounts Oh, you are against me. Okay, so the next one is, Hi, Pelp. I recently came into a windfall after my great-grandmother fell down some rickety escalator at Macy's in Chicago. Anyway, I know you used to own a great zoo until a bunch of rebel jerks came along and freed all your menagerie. Any advice on how I can buy a zoo and keep my rebels come out? Um, signed... Kurtmus stressed. Dear Kurtmus, I would recommend speaking to George Lucas regarding a piddling charitable investment of this nature. He will find your lost cause. I have no time for zoological matters. Also, the last time I went to a zoo, a Kaminoan walrus spit water on me, so I am permanently triggered by the mere mention of the term zoo. Leave me alone. All right, good to know. Mr. Sheev, today was my first day of college, and I'm really worried about my professor. He keeps bringing up Jedi lore and says that anyone who wears Sith hats should be drawn and quartered. I need the credit for this class, but as a Sith, I'm not sure if I should drop out of the class or not. Concerned in Cleveland. Dearest Concerned in Cleveland. By the way, a lovely city that I love to visit. You should buy a Coursera account so you can get the help you need online. I have taken several online courses, and they are all excellent. Use keyword goober for a 10% discount. The next one comes to us, Lord Sheev. I have to be careful not to divulge my identity because I'm a cast member at Disney Hollywood Studios. The other day I found out I was accepted into Batu and I went to brag about it, but I was forced by Goofy at gunpoint to sign an NDA. My boyfriend is a major Star Wars fan, and he always makes me dress like Raylo before we get amorous. But I can't even tell him for fear of the mouse. Uh, signed, Cassandra T. Mousecott. Dear Cassandra, the Sith and his apprentice have no secrets. You must tell your boyfriend, as it will be a test of his true valor and devotion to you. If he spills the beans, drop the loser and start hitting the bars. Alternatively, I am available if you require a flippant nocturnal pleasure session. I have been told my technique is devastating. Okay, please never say that again. 
Stop your criticism, IG69. You've never even been with a woman. You wouldn't know where to begin. I have a lot of programs that tell me where to begin. <laughs> a Shut Sith up. requires no automation for such duties. You do not know the pleasures of the battery. <laughs> Is that the last of your pathetic excuses for humans requiring my advice? Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's end this. Cut! This is probably the greatest bit ever recorded for faking Star Wars radio. It might as well just be this bit on repeat over and over. Sadly, that could be true. Roll it again! Try Colonel Baca's new Kashikian country fried pork sandwich. Now with spicy gungun sauce and blue milk cheese. First... We cut tender slices of plump breast meat from organically raised octo porks. Then we batter them in our secret blend of herbs and spices. Juicy, tangy, porgy. Come in now and make your meal galactic by adding some Sith fries and a bantha shake. KFP is finger licking good. Unless, of course, your hand has been chopped off by your father. All right, IG, that sound means it's time for Tweet of the Week, and this week our tweet is a poll, which we've had many times on before, but this poll comes to us from Willie Bobo. You can follow him at Faking Star Wars, and this is a pretty simple one. It's about movies that are yet to come out here in 2019. 2019 is half over, so, um, you know, half of the dumpster truck of films have been uh, dropped on us already by Hollywood, and we have some others to look forward to. I know you like a good dumpster fire yourself. Oh, I mean, that's, uh, you know, who doesn't? Yeah, goes without saying. So yeah. the question that Willie Bobo uh, posed is, which film is most likely to underperform? And the choices were Ryan Johnson's new film out this Thanksgiving, Knives Out, a classic whodunit like you've never seen, or... Episode 9, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Ooh. Yes. Well, now, this is a pretty interesting one. I mean, because the whole idea of underperform is a bit relative. I mean, I don't think anyone expects Knives Out to beat The Rise of Skywalker at the box office. Oh, I don't think so, but I'm, it's not a film I've never seen. It's a remake of Clue. Right, yeah. I mean, based on the trailer, that's kind of my impression, too, with a little bit of, uh, you know, the collective um, uh, diegesis of the actor previous actors' uh, films, right? I mean, we have a little bit of True Lies in there from Jamie Lee Curtis, a little bit of the uh, Marvel Universe with Chris Evans. Um, it just looks to be a bit of a mishmash. I, I just think I, it. it's probably just that the modern audiences never got to see that movie because, like, that was... It was that was already on TV when I was a kid, so they're yeah. they're not they're not familiar with it, so it'll sound fresh and new. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like this may be the first time that Hollywood redoes a tired old property that should never have been touched again. Well, I mean, Clue wasn't a super masterpiece; it was just kind of funny. Um, this looks about the same. Right, so what would it mean for Knives or... Out to underperform? Because uh, my expectations are very very low for it already yeah I, I i imagine it'll do okay hmm 
Now, so like it, would you say that underperforming for it would mean that 20 people go see it or? Well, yeah, underperforming for a movie. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a massive blockbuster Oscar winner kind of movie. So I, I think I don't think it will underperform. I think it will just perform. Okay. So you're going with uh, Rise of Skywalker. I have a bad feeling about it. Oh dear. Okay. I mean, well, you and I are both going to go see it. Like you know, you know we are. We can't we can't say we're not. I mean, but, I definitely have to. I I usually get comp free tickets to all the press releases, so I'm not worried about getting to go see it early. <sighs> it's um I think you know everyone everyone who started watching Force Awakens is probably going to go see it. Um so I don't I think it will underperform in the sense that it won't be as huge as they want, but it will probably still make some money. All right. Well, that that's a very um, lukewarm answer, IG, that doesn't really take a position and is uh, difficult to defend or contradict. But the poll said that 71% of our listeners think that Knives Out is the more likely to underperform a film. And I'm not surprised, given mm. the hostility towards Ryan Johnson on Twitter after the release of The Last Jedi. So people are basically just falling in line and doing uh, what would be expected of them if they were all uh, thoughtless lemmings. Well, I guess that could be true. But, I mean, it's not a Star Wars movie, so the... Star Wars fans boycotting all further Ryan Johnson products will not significantly hurt future Ryan Johnson projects that are not related to Star Wars. Well, that's a good point. I, on the other hand, I plan on going to see it because I love finding out that, um, you know, everybody was wrong. So I'm hoping that uh, that Knives Out is a blockbuster and destroys all expectations. All right, then. <laughs> If you'd like to tweet us, you can tweet me at StormDuper or Willie Bobo at Faking Star Wars, and we'd be happy to reply or use your tweets on the air. It's also time to announce our caption contest for the winner. This is posted by Willie Bobo at Faking Star Wars. He posted a photo of Master Spy V. Moradi, or Vi Moradi, uh, who's one of the main characters um, at Black Spire at Galaxy's Edge at Disney. Um, and he he said, uh, you know, what is happening here in this photo at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Let's go. You can't see me. Your turn. It's a picture of V. Marathi kind of hiding behind what looks to be a big piece of uh, technical equipment. It could be a, a plumbing panel or some kind of moisture evaporator tubing of some kind inside of a building. And her head is kind of poking out there in a cute way. Um, so some of the interesting responses that we got were um, from Alex, who's Froggy Chino 12, uh, and he wrote, Bro, did someone post cringe? That's pretty good. Um, and another one from Mental Militia, who's uh, at Mental Militia one on Twitter, wrote, Looks like the Captain EO sequel is finally in production. Uh, I think he's referring to the fact that V. Marathi has a striking resemblance to uh, the um, the uh, uh, Michael Jackson, the long dearly departed Michael Jackson. And uh, the winner, actually, of this Twitter uh, Twitter um, caption contest goes out to um, who had the most likes, Restore the Republic, who is at resist underscore Disney. And he wrote, Michael Jackson, I thought you were dead. 
So a couple of people there picking up on the Michael Jackson parsimony. Um, but if you would like to uh, check out uh, V. Marathi's role, head over to Galaxy's Edge in California and soon to be open in Florida as well. Are you going to get your tickets, IG, to go soon? Well, we've, we've already had our tickets and went. Remember the naming thing? <laughs> right, I know. But um, I heard that they were going to redo the park since there's been so much backlash and it's just going to be unrecognizable from its uh, early instancement. Mm. Uh, so, like, they're going to, like, make a, a bigger, better Black Spire? Um, I heard they were actually going to have fun things to do. Interesting. No, idea. that's yeah. not what Star Wars is about. No, no, really. We need more shops, yeah, more yeah, merchandising. Yeah. I know it's Ewoks. a crazy idea. They're they're lunatics for trying it. So, all right. Well, if you'd like to tweet us, I'm at Storm Duper or Willie Bobo at Faking Star Wars. And if you'd like to tweet IG69, please send a self-addressed Steph envelope with your credit card information, and we will let you know his Twitter account just as soon as we've been able to bribe him into creating one. It'll never happen. <laughs> Not for all the tea in China or all the sand on Tatooine will IG-69 ever take part in anything that connects him with other Star Wars fans. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of technology, you know, IG and uh, connecting with people, um, one of the uh, methods of communication in the galaxy that sometimes is overlooked uh, in this high highfalutin age of social media and YouTube videos and uh, CGI effects is that of the humble radio. Do you have a radio in your home, IG? Uh, I am a radio. There you go. Well, this brings me to our main topic uh, today, which is about the original produced Star Wars radio drama, which actually came out in 1981. My goodness, uh, almost 40 years ago. And the reason we're discussing this uh, on this episode is because uh, both you and I are burgeoning radio producers. We have had a fantastic career in radio, and we actually have taken a lot of inspiration from that original production. Um, would you tell uh, us a little bit about the, uh, for those of our listeners who may not be familiar with the history of this uh, production, could you give us uh, a little bit of a rundown on what happened with, with the radio drama? Well, um, the radio drama actually went through all um, three of the original trilogy productions. Um, uh, so it started off at the University of Southern California, which, of course, was George Lucas's uh, alma mater. Uh, alma mater, his, as it were. That's where he went to university. Uh, he I sold, don't even think um, he finished. Did he graduate? I don't know. It's okay. It's it's where he okay. It's where he attended anyway. Um, right. But after, of course, the success of Star Wars, um, the idea of coming up with a radio play um, uh, came, came around uh, from the School of Performing Arts. Hmm. Uh, I believe one Richard uh, Toscan was the original uh, was the person who came up with the idea, hmm. and hmm. they didn't have any money um, and. Uh, Lucas was very supportive of this idea. He sold the rights to them for a dollar. Wow! And um, they so he was basically uh, just a, tr a charity uh, case here. Yeah. I mean, they yeah, yeah, well, a bunch of students wanted to do it, and he was like, "Sure, go ahead." Right. And um, so, like these guys put together this uh, project, but of course, you know, they didn't have funding, so they went to NPR um, and um, uh, the BBC, who was you know quite well known for radio programs. Um, so. 
together they managed to raise the funds. Uh, Lucas cooperated like completely with them. Uh, again, mm-hmm. sold the rights for a dollar, allowed them to use the original music and, and all the Great. sound effects and everything else from Lucasfilms. Um, and they put this project together and it's great. Um, uh, like it's not just like the music and all the other stuff. He fed them a lot of the, uh, deleted scenes that wouldn't have been as good in the movie, but were more suited to the radio play. Well, it's interesting, um, right? I mean, cause this, this, um, this radio production ended up being 13 half hour episodes. So it's like six and a half hours. And when you think oh, of yeah. the radio play, it's mainly dialogue. But if you mm-hmm. went through the actual Star Wars A New Hope movie, uh, I think I read that it's something like uh, only about 30 minutes of dialogue. So there had to be a lot of embellishment and details added. So that's probably one of the reasons why we get those scenes that were deleted from A New Hope. Sure. Um, so, like, it, it actually starts off way before A New Hope. Uh, not way before, like, um, a, a few days before A New Hope starts. Uh, with um, uh, Princess Leia on a mission for the rebels, um, and they've discovered that the um, Empire has the ability to track them, or not, sorry, to to listen in. They've put in new listening devices, so they have to devise a clever way of get, getting uh, off this planet um, um, and and she ends up getting entangled with an imperial officer who wants to marry her. Um, <laughs> That's a great and, scene, actually. Let's take a oh, listen so to good. that. Uh, I've got just a little bit of that scene queued up here. It's really, really fascinating. And here she comes, the shining jewel in the organic crown. <laughs> She's bringing her own bodyguards. <laughs> Greetings, Your Highness. Lord Tyon, I demand to know your the meaning Highness, of this. Your Highness, may I say that while I regret that circumstances require this inconvenience, I'm delighted to see you again. My ship was intercepted on her approach and forced to land under escort. The Tantive Four is a consular ship on a diplomatic mission. You have no right to Perhaps your captain here, Captain... Uh... Captain Antilles, Lord Tyon. Antilles, yes. Perhaps he'll be good enough to explain what cooperation the Empire may command when emergency powers are invoked. Emergency powers? For what reason? When peace and stability are threatened, it's the Emperor's duty to intervene to ensure his subjects' security and well-being. Well-being? They're the ones you're arresting! Your Highness, in view of the uncertain situation here, I think we should depart Raltier as soon as possible. A sensible attitude, Antilles, speaks well of your loyalty. How long will this state of emergency exist? Until certain troublemakers have been sifted from the general populace. Now, just what was your purpose in coming here, Your Highness? A humanitarian gesture, Lord Tyon. I'm afraid you'll have to be more precise. I ask in my official capacity now. The Tantive IV was to deliver medical supplies and spare parts to the High Council of Raltier. Pity to say the High Council no longer exists, either as individuals or as a political entity. Your misguided charity would have been spent on traitors. Surely you don't think that the entire population Enough were of them in- were sympathetic to the Rebel Alliance to require a purification here. The Empire will exert close guidance over them for their own safety. With a Starfleet blockade? With impressment gangs and interrogation centers? I recommend great care in choosing your words, Princess. I have a high regard for your family, and if I may say so, for you yourself. 
But there are certain things which even an Organa may not say with impunity. Her Highness was expressing understandable distress at the situation, of course. Of course. So it's interesting. I mean, we get a little bit of in-depth kind of stuff about the politics going on. And I hate to say this, but this sort of uh, harkens back to the Phantom Menace and, and the prequel trilogy in terms of all the political intrigue. So that was sort of always a part of Lucas's vision, I guess, for Star Wars, huh? Well, it's lightly glossed over. It's of course space politics is isn't necessarily bad, but it's it's done in an engaging way as opposed to a completely ridiculous. Uh, anyway, um, I don't, don't really way. want to go into the prequels too much because right. like this gives a little backstory for uh, what Leia's doing. She's a part of the uh, rebels and she's trying to supply the rebels on this planet, but the Empire is cracked down so she has to escape before they discover that she's part of um the plot vader shows up um interestingly enough ig this uh character that's not in the star wars films but no tyron or whatever uh yeah but he's important for um like the plot of the radio play doesn't he try to kind of put the moves on princess leia Absolutely, and she and she plays on that as well to get out of the situation because Lord Vader kind of knows something's up, hmm. and hmm. she uses his attraction to her to get permission to get off the planet without having the ship searched. Huh? Her saucy sex appeal. So, mm-hmm. um, yes. in a, I don't know if you could make that uh, radio drama in today's political climate. Um, I don't know. But in, in in any case, like it, it's an it's an interesting little backdrop, and of course, at the same time, you have um, um, a little backstory with Luke, which was part of the deleted scenes where he's gone to Toshi Station. And oh, he's right, with his friends his who friends. call him Wormy. Yes, and he gets the nickname Wormy. Oh God! But um, it's setting up the characters. Oh, and he does eat, and then he's um, racing his speeder, um, or uh, what? what yeah, I guess it's a speeder. Yeah, so he's racing his speeder. He does a race with his speeder against one of his friends and wins and proves that he's the best pilot since Big Starklighter, who's obviously his childhood hero. Of course, of um, course. So, like, uh, they, they give a little backstory of what's going on just prior to A New Hope, and then they start off uh, with the main plot of A New Hope, which they follow beat for beat, but from a different perspective. Like the, Interesting. When they're going up against the Death Star... Um, of course, visually, you want to be with the pilots and watch them do the battle, but in an audio medium, um, like where you can't see anything, you actually spend it with Leia and the command center who are monitoring the pilots and listening to their radio communication. They have to kind of narrativize the experience, so putting us exactly. there with more detail really makes sense. And I also think that Leia's role is actually heightened in the radio drama compared to A New Hope. She doesn't actually have that much screen time in the original movie, but in in the uh, 13 episodes here, she occupies a large percentage of the uh, of the performances. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, again, because like the flashy action scenes don't translate in a radio medium. So whenever they kind of leave Leia to go do something, it's everything's told from her perspective. Right. Because she's the one listening and watching the thing and narrating what's going on. Um, So you get to hear a lot more from some of the side characters. 
Right. Um, yes. And, and interestingly enough, uh, Anthony Daniels and Mark Hamill both provided voices for this. None of the other original actors did. Sadly enough, the... uh, you know, Carrie Fisher wasn't able to reprise her role for this radio drama because she was uh, on the floor completely coked out of her mind. But uh, yes. Anne Sachs, who's the actress who does it, she does a decent job, I think. I think so. Um, basically, like if you haven't seen this uh, or sorry, seen it, if you haven't heard the radio drama, I highly recommend it. It's it's a great companion for the uh, original trilogy. Uh, they also have an interesting thing where, um, like, the Rogue One event is explained. There's a bit of controversy about that now. Some people will say that this actually goes against canon if Rogue One is considered canon. Uh, how how, how do those things play out here? Tease, tease that apart for us with your robotic uh, nuanced wisdom, IG. Well, canon's an interesting thing because... Uh, the Star Wars radio play was directly said by Lucas to be canon. So the maker himself in, said it's canon. Up until, up until they decided it wasn't anymore. <laughs> um, but like, so wait, you're he, saying uh, that they can just canon and un- and decanonize things willy nilly just for the sake oh, of convenience or monetary absolute, gain? How absolute, horrifying! Absolutely. How wooed. <laughs> How rude, yes. Yes. Um, but this was canon right up uh, until Rogue One. I see. And the way it went down was it was very interesting. Like, Leia um, has to race off uh, in the Tanta uh, uh, they have a They have a rebel team who broke into a facility and took the planets to the Death Star, and they get a message out that they're trapped on the planet they're all going to die, but they can't escape. Hmm. Hmm. So they need, but they, they have the plans and they can transmit. But they can't get a ship into the system because it's completely blockaded by the um, uh, Star Destroyers. Uh-huh. However, the Tanta 4 has diplomatic immunity, so it, can tr- it fakes a engine malfunction. It drops out of orbit, receives a transmission, is told to get out of there. And goes, oops, oops, we're sorry we're here. Okay, we're, we're, we're leaving now. But <laughs> Lord Vader is on one of the Star Destroyers, and they intercept the transmission, and they, 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 they know that the transmission from the planet went to that ship. So he immediately pursues it, which is why she gets caught a few hours later, and that's the, start of, and that's the actual start of A New Hope. And that makes a lot more sense than a fleet showing up and then the diplomatic vessel escaping from the enemy fleet quite clearly guilty. Like, if you look at the dialogue with Vader... Well, there's a lot more nuance to that. Right. And it makes more sense with the dialogue that goes on between uh, Vader and Leia in the um, opening scenes of um, Episode 4, because mm-hmm. um, she's like, oh, hey, we're, we're just a diplomatic ship. What are you, what are you talking about? And, uh, like... Vader's like, yeah, we know you have the plans. Cough them up. Um, whereas if he had literally just seen her escape from escape from an enemy fleet, it would have been like, oh, you just escaped from an enemy fleet. You're all under arrest. Uh, diplomatic immunity doesn't. No, no, you're a traitor. It would have been a very different conversation. See, this this plan makes sense. A rogue one doesn't make sense. When you when you look at like what happens just a couple hours later, yeah, 
It's it's yeah. interesting uh, to to see just how few fans actually even know of the existence of this radio mm-hmm. drama. Um, I've been listening to it for years. Uh, it's only six and a half hours, so you can get through it in in, in an evening if you want to uh, uh, kind of um, uh, binge it. But I think in this day and age with uh, podcasting, for example, uh, this radio drama may see some increased popularity in the coming years. Do you think they'll go forward and make radio dramas of the rest of the uh, Star Wars saga films? Well, I don't know if they're going to go with all the saga films, but I've definitely heard that um, there are radio dramas of Star Wars products uh, in the works. Yeah, there are different scenes and 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 shows that they that they've produced uh, related to to books and novelizations of, mm-hmm. of other properties in, in this in the galac in the galaxy. Uh, I think I think that the medium is only going to get hotter and hotter as people uh, just plug into their cell phones and want something to listen to while they're playing Lego Star Wars. Well, this effectively becomes like an audio book. That's right. Yeah, now how right. about the production value here? I mean, we're talking 1981. You know, it's not it's not uh, the cutting edge Adobe Premiere uh, and Logic kind of uh, audio processing and, and uh, software. Uh, does it really hold up to time? Well, I think that it's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, they again they get they had all of the sound effects for, and uh, the music from Lucasfilm, so. You know, for the day, certainly. I mean, I mean, okay, it's not just for the day, but like everything you want to hear is there. It's just that you know, it's it's a radio format, so there's no special effects. Hmm. hmm. Oh, well, I read that. Uh, I read that the mix is really a part of uh, was done by the engineer Tom Vogeli. Uh, and mm-hmm. he had access to John Mil- John Williams' music, but also Ben Burt's sound effects. We shouldn't forget to mention Ben Burt. Um, but it, he said that it would take him an entire day uh, just to put together one minute of audio. So when you're talking about 30 minutes per episode, this was a, a serious work uh, that he dedicated himself to. And uh, one of the interesting tidbits was uh, he said just choreographing Darth Vader's breathing so that he wasn't breathing in the wrong places. Uh, you know, you oh. can take those breaths and move them on a computer screen nowadays easily, right? But uh, right. the way he was doing it back then with reel-to-reel tape machines, uh, he'd have to be editing the tape itself with razor blades um and in homage to him we're going to move forward with the podcast and do every episode that way as well in the future definitely i think more razor blades are needed in making star wars <laughs> oh oh uh just interestingly enough like of course they do a, a new hope but they also do empire and um return of the jedi for and sure billy d williams comes in at that point as well but those yeah billy d williams anthony daniels and mark hamill were the only three who deigned to uh, provide their voices for this this project and it was um it's it's good it's a really good fun series that i think any star wars fan would enjoy you know especially if you're sitting at your computer put it on the background do your dishes and your laundry listen to it mm-hmm. it's 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 like um it takes the entire series that you're very familiar with but it shifts the perspective a bit so that you're hearing it from the perspective of characters that were minor in minor in the movies but are now more important in the radio because um again you want to be for, you want to be narrated to so you're you're looking at people who are describing the action to you rather than 
the action scene itself. So it's quite it's quite good. And Lucas only made a dollar from it, so. Oh yeah, like if Lucas, can... like this was Lucas was very supportive of this. He not only provided them with a lot of um, extra information about the the movies that weren't in the movies. So again, this is like it's like listening to outtakes or listening to an extended cut. Can you imagine that this day and age? You know, I mean, uh, Lucas, uh, you know, in uh, two thousand and twelve, he decides to sell the rights to Star Wars so that his legacy might live on. He sells the cinematic rights to uh, Walt Disney for a dollar for future star wars movies yeah i don't yeah that's no well the thing is it's just like he'd already made the movies these were just i think he admired the fact that these guys want like loved his product and wanted to be faithful to it hmm. um i just think so he grossly he underestimated the value that he could get and then he you know based on the experience he kind of got screwed by by selling it for a dollar and then he realized no. his mistake the, the radio so that's why he sold made... he sold the rights to disney in in uh, 2012 for uh, for four billion dollars once uh, bitten twice shy ig uh, I see. I see where you're going there, uh, Storm Duper. I, I don't think the radio play made that much money, but it. <laughs> um, like I, I'm looking at the budget for the first one, two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, well that's not a drop in the pond, but um, no, it's a, it's half the budget for one minute of faking Star Wars radio. Oh, so how the yeah, times have changed. But I mean, all of that budget is your salary. Well, we have me me have me on retainer indefinitely for a million dollars an episode. So. All right, well, if you would like to check it out and you have thoughts about the Star Wars radio drama, um, I find it on a site, uh, you, when I want to listen to it, uh, it's this archive.org. That's usually where I go. Um, and it's free. You can download it. Uh, so get it for free. Don't don't give uh, Lucasfilm any more money than you have to. Um, and, and maybe if we can start a petition, we'll be able to hear uh, The Last Jedi uh, or The Rise of Skywalker as the next radio drama produced, of course, by those U.S. See faithful. Galactic taking news. And now IG69 has a report all the way from Mustafar. Thank you, Stormdooper. Today marked a very special event for the Star Wars universe. At a special celebration held on Mustafar, David Benioff and DB Vice were officially welcomed into the fold and initiated into the cult of ruination. They appeared bearing the traditional offerings of ruined characters and the shattered hopes of their fandom. As they walked down the aisle to the beat of drums and the undulating Gungan and L3 Fembot dancers, they placed their offerings upon the altar of lazy writing. As is tradition, the offerings were lit ablaze and the wails of their fans were consumed by the cloaked figures in attendance. The offer being pleasing to the masters, they were led up the stairs to kneel before the pillars of Disney and Lucasfilm. There they made the ancient pledge to always put visuals and themes before plot, to develop no characters, and to kill the past. They were then presented with the very medals of bravery won by Luke and Han at the Battle of Yavin by Ryan Johnson, which he ripped from the cold, dead hands of both of those characters. As is tradition, they turned to the crowd and a flock of carrion birds were released as they chanted, Goobble gobble, goobble gobble, one of us, one of us. Kathleen Kennedy then anointed them with the tears of fanboys and gave them their own trilogy to turn into a complete hot mess. Okay, well, thank you for your report, IG. Uh, sounds like it was a fairly harrowing ceremony. Yes, a piece of me died inside, as is tradition. Great. 
Well, get back here as soon as you can from Mustafar. We have to finish this episode, okay? Um, I'm on the next flight. <laughs> All right. Galactic taking news. Well, IG, it's nice to have you back. Man, oh man, you really are speedy getting back from those uh, remote uh, locations where you broadcast the news. Well, thankfully, um, hyperspace now only takes a matter of seconds to get between uh, systems, so it's what no problem. What would the podcast do without that technology? I'll never know. Ah, uh, convenience. Yeah. Faking Star Wars listener mail. And that sound does mean it's time for listener mail. Uh, we're going to try something a little different this time. We've collected some information from uh, the Twitterverse and social media. We put out a feeler asking for our fans to write in with their predictions for Episode 9. Um, you know, we took a look to the past with the Star Wars radio drama, and um, now it's time to think to the future. It's only five months away, IG. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, the last story in the Star Wars saga. And boy, oh boy, did we get some great feedback from some of our fans. Well, I always think we should kill the past, not honor it. So, so number 10, IG, uh, Pablo Hidalgo will play the main villain. Well, I think he already is, so, I mean, yeah, this is great. Uh, I, I think this is absolutely true. Um, plus, we we really need more screen time with him. More Latinos in Star Wars is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, diversity, man. Come on. Me encanta la diversidad. I'm woke-ish. Number nine, nobody will die, and everyone will sing an Anya song at the end of the Skittle Rainbow. Oh, wow. Kathleen Kennedy, I think, holds stock in Skittles. Hmm. Not sure about this one here. I think someone has to die. <laughs> uh, what is the if most controversial it... character they can kill in episode nine? Right? Ah, <laughs> uh, if only I think you know what? Maybe it's just our hopes and dreams that will die. There you go. It will be an iconic uh, existential or ontological death that we will all face after we watch this movie. <laughs> Indeed. Episode 8 is a little close to home. Storm Duper mm. will win the Academy Award for writing the screenplay, even though J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio have taken credit for the script. Hmm. Oh, well, so I mean history will repeat itself once again? Yeah, well, uh, it is a little-known fact that I have written the screenplays for every Star Wars film uh, already produced and that will be produced. I have a, um, long t a lifelong contract with Lucasfilm. Uh, the problem is that I'm only allowed to talk about it on this podcast. Yeah, and only this podcast, which is right. weird because it didn't even exist before a couple years ago. I just got tired of people uh, you know, ignoring me, so... Well, but they knew that the podcast would exist in 1977. That's just, you know before podcasts were even able to exist. I'm just saying, Lucas, he knows things. Yeah. From at Shivel Knievel, the theory is, my theory is Sheev will show up and kill everyone, and he will win. Sheev always wins. Sheev already won. Yeah. I think this is a no-brainer, too. I would actually put this in the category of not predictions, but spoilers. Yeah, that's that's clearly a spoiler. I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, we've already heard it. Roll it again, right? You know, you know what Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. Like, yeah. So she's back. We know it. Number she six wins. from uh, number six from Aurora Spark Four writes: I read a theory that Finn FN two one eight seven is a sleeper agent for the First Order, waiting to be activated. Mm. I uh, I don't know about that. I mean, 
I guess they did send their best janitor to do the job. So the word goes through my mind: uh, retcon. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, Finn's character arc is a bit at a standstill after um, episode eight. It depends, I guess, what happens with Rose Tico. If we have a, um, you know, a multicultural love session between those two take place. But there's not really much else for him to do other than uh, enact revenge on the First Order for what they did to him as a child. I don't think this is the way to spice up his character arc. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Plus, he actually, well, one, everyone's character arc is at a standstill. And two, he kind of already got it by killing Phasma. Yeah. I, I mean, does Phasma know that he's a sleeper agent? I mean, what is the logic there? So um, Aurora Spark, I don't know where you read that theory, if it was on Faking Star Wars or Reddit, but I would advise you to um, read that with a grain of salt. Uh Actually, crate salt. Crate salt, yes. Um, number five, I predict Ray will be the new chosen one. She will be revealed uh, to not be a Skywalker, but a virgin birth like Anakin was. She will bring balance to the Force by eliminating both the dark and light sides from at Dr. Flapjack. Flapjack. Well, well Dr. Flapjack has uh, you know written in before with some great insight. I actually think this is a very likely scenario. I mean, we've already sort of seen the precursors or foundations being laid to eliminate the uh, the dark and light. Um, what was his name? Uh, DJ, uh, played by Benicio del Toro, said, you know, um, everybody's in it for the money. There is, you know, the bad guys and the good guys are both after the same thing. So there have been sort of subtextual themes in that regard. Um, and... Why not? You know, uh, Ray doesn't have a last name. Uh, she's sort of floating in the ether in terms of her backstory. So the door is wide open to do this kind of thing. And um, it kind of complements the spiritualization of Star Wars that we've seen in the last three episodes. Oh, my God, Storm Duper. I just realized Ray is a solo. Huh. She really? has no people. Oh, of course. There you go. Yeah. She does. There we go. Solo confirmed. <laughs> You had to go full circle with it and bring it back, didn't you? Yes, it all makes sense now. How would you feel about the film if this was the way they went with it, though, in terms of her plot and, and her character arc? I, I think if Ray turned out to be a solo and she totally gets it on with Kylo, it would bring it full circle to A New Hope. <laughs> right, in terms of... Um, <laughs> where, terms Ray, of... <laughs> where, where Leia and Luke were um, interested in each other. Right, incestual themes. What is it with Lucas and incest? I don't know. Oh. Number four comes to us from Mac Nichols Sparkle. I believe she's a Wisconsin a lady there, but uh, she writes, I predict I will not give a f- Uh-oh. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, pr I, I, can see, I can see someone not giving a f Roger, Roger. Right. It's yeah. unfortunate that, you know, so many Star Wars fans have been so disenchanted by this trilogy. I don't remember this degree of hatred um, in this way when the prequels came out. I, I, well, okay, I remember a great deal of hatred. Well, okay, I remember a lot of my friends basically just not ever bothering to watch Star Wars anymore after episode one. Like, we, we all went together to see episode one. We were very excited, and 
episode two and three, we didn't wait for the first showings. We like half of us would go mm. and, and watch it like two weeks after it was already out. We already knew it sucked, but we were like, eh, what are you going to do this Saturday? I don't know. Do you want to go to the movie? So your surging lightsaber of enthusiasm had been reduced into a kind of withered, tired, flaccid version of its previous self. Is that what you're saying? Well, IG? I still had hope for episode two. Um, we, we didn't, right. we didn't line up and, and wait, you know, for hours to get into the theater like we did for episode one. But I, most of my friends were not into it after episode one. Uh, I still had hope, but, um, cause I thought it was a setup for a bigger, uh, better series. Like, uh, but of course it wasn't. You were about and, and to honestly, take a step the, into the a same... larger world, but then you found out that that larger world was just a dumpster. Yeah. But it, it's like, this is like a cycle. It's like it rhymes, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the, the prequels, the sequels, these are the same. It, like, these are the same arguments that I was having with people, but more face to face because the internet wasn't as big a thing. From the prequels to the sequels, um, you know, the problem isn't um, that they're going to make it better in another movie. The problem is nobody seems to care about the product they're making. They make one draft of a script and they go with it. And anytime you do that, uh, you're you're immediately you've already lost because the best writer in the world can't do that. E- even for like little jingles that I make for the for the for this, I will go through three or four drafts and trim out things like jokes I really want that just don't work or something. And I mean, this is this is a internet radio show, and I take more effort with it the things that I write for it, then they seem to take with a feature length movie with hundreds of billions of dollars to spend. And I do not understand why I do not understand why they can't just look at the script and go, okay, well, what makes sense? What would the characters do next? Like sit down and have that kind of writing session. I, I, I literally just, it boggles the mind, but that's the way it is. And that's the way it's going to be. And the directors they keep hiring to do this, that's just the way they do business. They, they, it's impressive visuals, ham-fisted social commentary, and nothing else to back it up. And that can be okay f- for a random movie, but not for Star Wars. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Huh. All right. Well, hit uh, us with uh, the next one, IG. All right. The next... The ne- <laughs> uh the the next one i i don't i don't know how to say this because it's a twitter picture <laughs> um it, what do you mean it's a twitter picture like what is this um <laughs> dude there's no there's no text it's mac nico sparkles no 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 that was number 4 yeah You're oh oh number... i see oh sorry all right and the next one um which is uh Number two and three. Oh no, you get to do two. That's no fair, IG. Aw. Um, it says I predict that there will be at least one lightsaber battle, and someone will say I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. 
The yeah, Norse that... Awakens. Uh, you're you're kind of treading on thin ice with your attempted humor. Uh, here on the podcast, we don't accept that sort of um, ironic or facetious sort of contribution. So I'm afraid you're going to be blacklisted. Sorry, Norse Awakens. You are blacklisted from the podcast forever. Yeah, I mean, the last movie didn't even have one lightsaber. Battle. My gosh, I mean, what yeah. a what a lame attempt at humor, IG. Recycling Star Wars jokes ad infinitum like a syncophant on a podcast? Like, who does that kind of thing? It would be like doing a second Kentucky Fried Pork ad. <laughs> yeah, who would do that? Um, That's just, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I will say this, though. I am a bit nostalgic and... One of the things about The Last Jedi that I did not like was Ryan Johnson tried to be too cute with some of that Star Wars tradition, and there there wasn't uh, somebody saying, I have a bad feeling about this. It was supposed to be BB-8, you know, uh, bleeping it or in, in his language, but I just, that was a little bit too obscure, and I, I kind of like the tradition of everyone saying it. I think that's a nice restriction uh, that you put on yourself to lend itself to creativity. Uh, only C-3PO should be allowed to say that line from now on. Come on. You can't tell me that you <laughs> didn't get at least a half semi-lightsaber when Han, when uh, Harrison Ford said it in The Force Awakens on the uh, Imperial uh, uh, storage cruiser or whatever when the um, Wrath Tars were released. That's – well, no, no, no. I mean, sure. That's the thing. Like, the movie gave me good feels. It's just, yeah, kind of right. silly. Is that right. a is that a Rathtar in your pocket, or are you just happy to happy yeah, to watch Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that was number two and number three, um, and that gets us to number one, which comes to us from uh, just a horrible human being in general uh, who's got his own uh, film podcast, the official Film Grouch. Uh, you can find him at filmgrouch.com. He's uh, been a contributor to the site for quite a long time now. Uh, this is Rick Swift, who writes, R2 dies. Rick Swift, man. I hate that guy. My God. What yeah, just... what an absolute devastating thing to do I thought, to Star I thought Wars he was fans. In jail. I mean, I, I think there's there would be more outrage. I'm, I mean, sorry. I think there would be more outrage to killing R2 than there was at killing Luke Skywalker in such an unceremonious way in The Last Jedi. No, but um, I mean, honestly, do you, do you okay? R two D two and C three PO haven't done squat in these movies. Um, R two especially. I mean, R two has yeah. been basically absent, except for you know finally finishing the puzzle piece in a very arbitrary and tacked on way in Force Awakens. Yeah, um, honestly, I think they're gonna die. Really, both of them? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, they, you know what? They might write them out with Leia. So maybe all three of them are on a cruiser or something and they get blown up? Yeah, because wow. like they, they don't leave her side and they don't contribute to the plot of the films at all. So It will like, be interesting to, to do a death count um, at the end of The Rise of Skywalker and see how correct we were with some of these. Um, I, on the other hand, think that uh, instead of killing R2-D2, he's actually he's going to have his consciousness implanted into a, a um, rebel clone, and he'll actually become the next leader of the Resistance. Uh, I see. 
And we'll find out um, that he's got a crazy accent, you know, like, you know, R2-D2 actually talks like, you know, uh, in Italian or something. That makes, you know what? Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, no, I, I actually, I actually do think that they're going to write, they're going to write them out. Like there's, there can't be any members of the original trilogy left. So Lando's going to get it too. Lando, uh, Chewie. See, like Lando's not, Lando wasn't a major member. He, like he wasn't, he's not from episode four. He's not like he's he's a side character in empire and he's like he appears halfway through and he's on the bit of return of the jedi i think he's just going to inherit the falcon and or some i don't know and you go know, on like a go on Lando, like a cruise I, a love a love cruise for the rest of the, his his natural life i don't know i, I don't know what I, about I just, chewbacca do you think he's gonna get it yeah again he's so irrelevant now that it like <laughs> you have so much disdain in your mouth it's great <laughs> well it's just like he, he is did like, you what, did you what? wash your mouth out with disdain before you started recording this podcast ig i don't know like <laughs> I, I i'm trying to think like because they don't it, this has to be the end the end of like this entire thing and i don't know that Abrams know how to do any knows how to do anything other than just kill everyone off. So so to me, like the end doesn't mean that everything is finished. It just means that there's some kind of catharsis. No one's ever really just gone. because a firework explodes doesn't mean that every firework explodes. You don't have to leave everything in a state where there's no possible uh, idea of what could come further. I mean, the way Return of the Jedi ended the saga in 1983, obviously there were loose ends, but it still was a satisfying finale to, to a great trilogy. Why don't they just do the same thing with this one? You don't have to end every story just because it's the final episode. Okay, well, Carrie Fisher has to go, <laughs> right? That that takes care of the three major characters. I think um, the great spoiler might be that actually she's still alive and and she's going to survive, and actually they're going to do a spinoff series with her. Oh my that god, that would be incredible. So so basically, like, okay, no, like they have to get rid of Carrie Fisher. What use are the droids at that point since they've been replaced by cuter, superior droids? Okay, I just like okay. Carrie Fisher has to die. I think like that's that was planned. Mm-hmm. So they they got rid of all the major characters. I mean, because Lando was sort of peripheral, he could get away with still living. Maybe sure. he and Chewbacca will fly off on the Millennium Falcon. But the droids, what are they going to do? Just wander off into the desert by themselves? Like without they have no they have no master and no one who wants them. Well, that's true. Like they're not going to go off with Ray. Finn or Poe, those guys already have droids they care about. Like they're they're just there, you the know. The island so, of misfit droids. That could be the next episode uh, yeah. in Star Wars or in the Star Wars saga. Well, because like the original idea was, let's it's kind of like um, I think the Hidden Fortress, where you you see the story through the eye, through the eyes of these lesser characters, and that's that's what C three PO and R two D two are. They're they're there all the time, and you kind of witness things. Um, they're always a part of the action going on. Of course. One, at least one of them. And now it's like you don't need them anymore. They're completely useless to this series. 
they're just there because they were there in the other series. They're like they're like a, a mole or a, a pimple that's been growing on your lip that you haven't had trimmed off or something. I I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I so actually yeah I, I I'd say as much as I think uh, Rick Swift is the worst human being on the planet. Um, definitely you should check out his film grouch uh, series though oh it's for sure good. it's a great site you definitely yeah. check it out yeah. great um, site horrible horrible human being oh yeah. terrible yes but yeah despicable Just, um, i would add yeah but and, um, uh, and his political views are are so refined however that's what's so amazing is that that's the one yeah. saving grace yeah i mean i mean they're so left and right wing yeah uh, amazing you know an amazing diversity, a plethora, if you will, of yeah. opinion coming from yeah. that man. Okay. Yeah, they well, managed to offend me in all directions. In all ways. I know you do like to be offended in all ways. You're, you're pan-offensive in that sense. I oh, think. yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Great. Okay, IG. Well, that is it for this week. A great episode. Um, tell the listeners where they can find us. Well, Storm Duper, you can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at FakingStarWars.com slash RealFakingStarWars. Mm-hmm. And if you have more questions for us on Twitter, please use the hashtag, hashtag FSWRadio, and we'd love to read it on the next episode. Also, you can get official Faking Star Wars radio uh, t-shirts and all kinds of other gear at bit.ly, that's bit.ly, bit.ly slash fswmerch. There's all kinds of great stuff there. You can get my face on a plunger if you want. And if you'd like, you can follow me on Twitter at DuperStorm. And, of course, um, you can't follow me at all, though... If you see a bright light, that will be me. Definitely head towards that. <laughs> if you like what you hear and want to support what we do, take a visit to www.patreon.com slash fakingstarwars. Sign up. We want you to be our patrons. We treat our patrons very, very well. And not only do you support us fakers financially to keep making the content that you need, but you'll also get a fantastic reward depending on the level. You can join us for as little as a buck a month. Big shout out to our main patron, Darth Taxus, who continues to join with us at the Fake Jedi Night tier. Have you written us a review yet? If not, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. If you write a funny review, we may read it on an upcoming episode. And I recommend Stitcher as your podcast platform of uh, choice because it's full of really great podcasts just like ours. Super easy to use for a Luddite like yourself, huh, IG? It, it's, it's all I can manage. Yeah. Well, um, boy, I'm getting a little hungry. I think I need one of those Kashiki and fried pork sandwiches to tide me over until my next meal. I don't recommend. <laughs> it goes in better than it goes out from what I've heard, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they prepare that meat in a very um, organic way. It's uh, I think from what I've heard, you know, you get beacon, beacon claw ground up in it, so you never know what you're going to end up with. Yes, chicken of the cave. There you go. <laughs> As always, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for daily quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire. And thanks to all of you, our followers, for listening and following May the foe be with you. See you next time. Good night, everybody. <laughs>